You're listening to episode 254 of the Mindfulness-Based Weight Loss Podcast with me, Lucia Holly. Welcome to the Mindfulness-Based Weight Loss Podcast, the show for women like you who have tried restrictive diet after diet and are ready for simple, thoughtful solutions to help you sustainably lose weight for the last time from a place of abundance and peace. If you're looking to end the yo-yo of comfort eating and rigid weight loss protocols, and instead step into living your life mindfully on your terms while losing weight in the process, you're in the right place. Hey, 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 welcome to the show, my wonderful party people. It is so nice to be here. I know that, you know, you tune into the show, maybe the day that it airs, or maybe you're catching up later on. But I truly feel this like sense of connection with you, knowing that this is just like our special little time together. So even though we're technically not in the same room together and we're not talking exactly at the same time together, um, I'm just so, so pleased that you're here. And it really means a lot. And I just, whenever I hear feedback about the show, um, I can tell that those of you who listen are, you're piecing together how to do life differently with food. And you're coming to that subject from this place of, I believe, and I hear hope. And I think that is just like, that is what changes the game. That is what changes the world. That is what is going to change our generation and the generation before us. Because I know not everyone who listens to the show is of my same generation. So no matter what generation you're in, when I hear feedback from you, I hear time and time again that this is changing the game and it's changing not only the personal game, but whenever someone creates wellness in their own life, there's always a beautiful ripple effect in the lives of others. It's proven that we see it really, really frequently. And it just means a lot to know that these subjects hit home for you, whether they're more of the tangible episodes, very tactical info, or if it's more of the emotions-based stuff, because that's what we do. I was just on a TikTok live a couple of minutes ago, and I was sharing about how we come to our behaviors emotionally. So many of us will say, like, I know what to do. Why am I just not doing it? Like, I know logically how to have a quote-unquote healthier life or how to quote-unquote get these health and wellness goals that I have, but I'm not doing it. Why is that? And we beat ourselves up or we take it really personally. Well, listen, take the pressure off and just remember that our behaviors, especially the unintentional behaviors, the ones that we just kind of default to, are based in emotions. So don't try to out-logic yourself. (laughs) The logic, like, it doesn't really settle in for a reason. Anyway, that's not the subject of today's show, but I just wanted to share that because, yeah, it just, it means a lot to me that you're here. Um, I will tell you, so in last week's episode, I was just a few days out from um, sitting down and taking my personal training certification exam, and I am happy to say that I passed, and I feel so, so glad. It was really, I was nervous. I haven't been, I haven't done that type of a test in many years. I graduated um, from school with my master's in social work, clinical mental health, for anyone who's curious, uh, back in 2015. It's also the same year I got my nutrition certification. So it's been quite a few years since I have had to study in that way for that type of test. Um, 
but I'm happy to be on the other side of it. And this week and the next week, uh, quite a few of my nutrition clients are now shifting over into nutrition and strength training clients, which just makes me so happy and they're really excited. So it's a wonderful, wonderful combination. And of course, I'm gonna say, you know, if you're looking for that type of support, hit me up because I am currently enrolling um, at the time of recording. So listen, if you wanna feel like your healthiest version of yourself come July, right? Right? Summer, let's do it together. Let's help you figure out how to break down any of the subjects that you listen to on this show in a way that is supportive for you in the long term. I was just onboarding a new client today and that was really part of our conversation is that she was like, I'm ready to not do the all or nothing. She really has spent enough time with herself and enough time kind of as she described it, abandoning herself. And isn't that what it is? It felt really timely too. I just did a post on kind of no longer abandoning our inner child. And whether you identify as a girl or did like whatever it is, use the word that applies to you. But in this post, I did use the language of stop abandoning that little girl. So it was really interesting talking to um, now a new client on the phone today about how she was like, I'm done with that cycle. Like I, I, I lift up all these other women in my life. I, I do that without batting an eye because I believe in that so deeply. I value it so, so deeply, right? I don't take any crap for them when they treat themselves poorly. And yet I don't really do the same with myself. And I think that's a common story. And so I told her, I was like, listen, part of the experience that we're gonna have here is that food gets to be fun. We're not gonna approach this as a diet. We are gonna talk about calories. We are gonna talk about protein, carbohydrates, and fats, but we're gonna come to them from a perspective of levity, from a perspective and a practice. We're gonna make it habitual that all foods are friends. There are no food foes. There's no good or bad foods. And there's the utility of different foods. It all gets to be an even playing field. And gosh, that's just so powerful. That is how food becomes neutral again, is when we choose for it to be that way. When we choose to let our negative thinking just shake out how it's gonna shake out without taking it all that seriously. So today's episode, we are talking about one of the macronutrients. We are talking about protein. And the reason why we're talking about, well, you know, okay, we could talk about any one of the uh, macronutrients, excuse me. They're all important. No one macronutrient is more important than the other. However, if you take a step back and you look at the standard American style of eating for most women, especially women who are habitually trying to change their body composition, a practice that I see happening fairly unintentionally, okay? Unintentional, innocent. Even if it were intentional, it'd still be innocent because we're all just innocent, okay? But what I see really commonly is that women are under eating protein. And that is unfortunate from a whole slew of different reasons. So protein as a macronutrient, okay? So macronutrients are all required in our body. And you'll see people spout off about how carbohydrates are not required. Listen, if you live any kind of an active lifestyle, if you enjoy having quick energy sources, carbohydrates 
are required. We want you to be eating sources of carbohydrates. Even if you have insulin, um, you know, uh, like necessities around managing your blood sugar levels, um, from the vast, 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 vast majority of people, especially women, going die hard, no carb or low carb really isn't the solution that a lot of people tout it to be, especially in the long term. So you can regain insulin sensitivity, you can regain leptin sensitivity while including carbohydrates. And they're so important, but they're not the subject of today's episode. The subject of today's episode is protein, which is one of the other two macronutrients of protein and fat, okay? So protein has a a whole slew of different things that it's doing in our bodies. So protein, first off, let's talk about where it comes from in our foods. Protein can come from both uh, animal-derived sources as well as plant-derived sources. So things like uh, animal muscle meat, animal organs, okay, so chicken liver and chicken breast, chicken thigh, um, steak, ground beef, uh, shellfish, seafood, clams, bivalves, um, you, just fish fish, right? So salmon, uh, yogurt, dairy, all, all types of dairy include protein. Um, some will be more fat rich and others will be leaner sources. Um, and then we also start to, sh- and things like eggs, okay? So those are some of the heavy hitters, of course. I'm not going to be describing every single protein source. That would be a long episode. But those are some of the heavy hitters when it comes to animal-based protein sources. Meats, um, poultry, dairy, eggs. And then for sources of plant-based protein, no matter the type of food that we're talking about, when we're talking about macronutrients, and I've mentioned this before, but I think I need to remind us all of this in case you're newer to learning about food, is that you, we can classify foods as a protein source or a fat source or a carb source, but don't forget that a lot of foods are a mixture of the different macronutrients. Um, something like an oil, so olive oil, etc., a grapeseed oil, like those tend to be primarily fat only. The more manufactured a food is, the more likelihood that it's primarily just like pretty purely one source of a macronutrient. Um, white table sugar. That's like pure carbohydrate, right? It's been processed. The other bits and bobs of the plant have been taken out and it's been reduced into primarily carbohydrate. Um, So that being said though, when we, especially when we start to talk about uh, plant-based sources of proteins, of course, a protein powder is going to be the more refined source of a protein, whether from animal-based products like a whey protein or plant-based like a pea protein or a rice protein. However, in general, um, animal-based proteins might be more of a mix of either, like if it's a leaner protein, it's going to be higher protein and less fat. That's what lean means, is more protein, less fat. Um, but there, of course, can be fatty cuts of animals and they're delicious and succulent and we love that the egg yolk right is part of the entire egg and the protein is found in the egg white so just don't forget i'm just adding that in um, because as we talk about sources of protein i don't want you to get hyper fixated on okay this food is only a source of protein or it's only a source of that or only a source of this or that foods 
come in combinations. Um, and so when you're talking about plant-based proteins, I think this is especially a, a useful place of education. Um, you might hear something like peanut butter is a, a source of protein. And while that is true, there is peanut, um, there is protein in a peanut butter or a nut butter, uh, seed butter, etc. Um, if you actually were to go into your pantry and look at your nut or seed butter, peanut butter, you'll see that it's actually, if, if you compare the three macronutrients, it's actually more of a source of fat. And typically there's some carbohydrate and some protein. So, especially when we're looking to increase our protein levels from a plant-based perspective, always keep in mind that there's probably gonna be um, more of a balance of protein that's also coming in with carbohydrates and or fats. Nut butters tend to be more of a source of fats with some protein and things like um, beans, uh, things like tofu, tend to be more of a combination of carbohydrates and the protein itself. So that's neither good nor bad, okay? Just laying that out there that when you're starting to think about and increasing your awareness of sources of protein, for the most part, leaner animal um, proteins tend to be more primarily protein. They have a kind of a, high, a much higher protein to like fat ratio with high protein, lower fat versus more um, unprocessed plant-based protein options like things like legumes, tofu, nuts, and seeds. And now that being said, we want to always be playing around with as much variety and as much variation as possible because a highly varied diet is wonderful for our gut health and it's also wonderful for our mental well-being. You know, if you really think about diet culture, it, it typically is trying to exclude something. It's trying to exclude maybe one of the macronutrients, a low protein diet or a low fat diet or a low carb diet, or it's excluding um, certain types of foods. Don't eat processed foods, only eat unprocessed foods. There's always a focus on what we aren't doing or can't have. And that just, you know, from, from a tactical standpoint, like if that's what we're practicing is what we can't have, then by proxy, we're not practicing and looking at what we can have. So I always think when we're looking at how to increase protein levels in our daily diets, we're always thinking about addition. So if you're looking to say, okay, right now, if I were to tactically look at my midday snack, it's mostly just you know grabbing a couple of pieces of candy. There's no need to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Let's keep that candy in and let's also add in a source of protein, right? Because that candy might be a source of fats and carbs already. Perfect, if we add in that protein, boom. Not only have we increased the total amount of protein that we've gotten, but the more we prioritize a balance of the three macronutrients at meals and snacks, the more satisfying those meals and snacks tend to be. And isn't that why we look at our food in the first place? It's because we're looking to feel good. Guess what? It feels good to be satisfied. Now, the other thing about protein sources is that when we eat dietary protein, that protein, right, we chew it up, it, it, it goes into our digestive system. Digestive system, it starts in the mouth and, you know, it's a north to south process. So when we're digesting our food, it goes through a couple of different organs as it's traveling down our digestive process. And our bodies are breaking down those protein molecules. Our bodies break those down into amino acids. Now you might have heard of amino acids before, okay? And so amino acids are the building blocks that our bodies then use to 
help our muscles repair and recover, to help us build our hormones. There's so many different functions of protein when we break it down into our amino acids. And there are a multitude of different amino acids. And there are two categories of amino acids. There are essential amino acids and there are non-essential amino acids. And the difference between those is that non-essential amino acids, our bodies can actually produce endogenously, meaning within our bodies themselves, they can produce some level of those amino acids. That is different than the essential amino acids. And those are called essential amino acids because it is essential that we get them from our diet, so exogenously outside of our bodies, to eat them, to break them down, and to get sources of them because our bodies cannot manufacture those endogenously. So when you then look at getting protein sources in that way, for the most part, animal-based um, um, protein sources, whether it's animal muscle meat, uh, muscle meat, eggs, dairy, etc., things that are coming from animals are going to be very useful when it comes to ensuring that you're getting the adequate profile of amino acids, that you're getting complete proteins, meaning you're getting all those different essential amino acids. Doesn't mean that the plant-based proteins cannot give you those essential amino acids, but they typically come in um, less amounts and it's more difficult to get the right balance. So as much as possible that, you know, I think anyone can eat whatever they want, but I do find if you are tending to eat a vegan style diet, um, to me as much as possible, I emphasize that people to the best of their abilities do include more of a vegetarian style, if not vegetarian plus muscle meat, um, omnivorous style of eating because it just really easily ensures that you're getting enough of those essential amino acids. Those essential amino acids are the ones, again, that you cannot manufacture endogenously. So from a um, deficiency standpoint, it's just so easy. Even if you're not always eating animal muscle meat, you're not eating it every single day, if you're just getting a variety of different animal-based proteins throughout the week, if you can, if you're open to it, I just think it does a world of good, especially for women. Now, when it comes to amounts of proteins, this is going to be different for every person. Um, and I, I would never tell you how much to eat, period. This gets to be based on your hunger cues, your satiety cues. But if you feel like it's difficult to tap into your hunger and satisfaction, um, number one, you might want to play around with more interoceptive awareness. Um, that is something that we talk about in my self-paced course, uh, which is on my website. Um, I have other research for, resources for you on that as well. If you'd like, just get in touch with me and we can talk about that. Uh, but as well, ensuring that you're getting a balance of protein, carbs, and fats helps you start to understand from a physiological standpoint your physiological hunger, which is different than emotional hunger um, and more of kind of like the snacky hunger, etc. Those all kind of sort out into different categories. So this is why I think it is so important that while you don't have to be eating a quote-unquote high-protein diet, it is useful to prioritize and emphasize sources of protein at each meal and at snacks to ensure that your body actually is getting enough of what it needs to give you regulated hunger and satisfaction cues from a um, physiological standpoint, okay? 
So eating a higher protein style uh, typically is a big boon for a lot of women because for the most part, I think diet culture really emphasizes what? Eating low fat, eating low carb, or both, or just low calorie. And it's very uh, easy and simple to skip out on the protein. And let's not forget as well, if you didn't know this, protein is the most physiologically satiating, so satisfying, uh, hunger crushing, if you will, macronutrient. And that again is helpful for us to start to regulate our hunger levels and regulate our satisfaction levels. And wouldn't that feel nice? Imagine if you eat a breakfast and you feel good until your snack or until lunch. And then you eat lunch and you feel good until your snack or then dinner. You know what I mean? Or you eat your snack and then you're good until your next meal. However it shakes out that you enjoy eating throughout the day, whether it's three meals um, by themselves or three meals and two snacks or one snack and dessert, like whatever it is, ensuring that you're getting adequate um, protein, not only by the end of the day, but spaced out throughout the day is a really important part of getting to know your own hunger and satisfaction cues. And that is gonna be helpful for sleeping well at night. It's gonna be helpful for balancing blood sugar levels from meal to meal, snack to snack. It's gonna be helpful for mental wellness. Um, our, our bodies need protein, and especially if you're um, beginning to strength train or if you have any sort of a workout or you just want good energy. Protein is gonna help your muscles rest and recover properly because you're getting in enough. Not only are you getting in the amino acids, essential and non-essential, but you're also getting in enough total quantity of them. So don't forget that. Now then, in terms of a place to just play around with, I wanna leave you with something tactical in terms of protein. Um, if you wanted to get curious about the amount of protein that you're eating, I would say for most people, there are always gonna be exceptions on either side, but I do think a really solid place to begin, and I don't mean begin and then like you have to work up and up and up and up and up in total grams, but a really nice place to generally put your attention is getting in around 100 grams of protein per day. That is so important for all the plethora of reasons that I just listed out over the last 20 minutes of this show. So if nothing else, consider, oh, use an app if you'd like, or simply, guess what? Most foods have a nutrition label on them. So you can go old school and you could look for one day, okay, I'm having you know, two eggs in the morning with breakfast and I'm having a cheese stick and some chocolate covered almonds for a snack. Great, write down the grams of protein in all your foods for one day, see where it shakes out and then consider. I, I always talk about this with clients. It's not like you have to reinvent the wheel here, but if you're looking to increase your protein, two great places to start. Well, the first great place to start is with the foods that you're already consuming, increase the portion size. So maybe it might feel amazing to go from two eggs to three eggs in the morning if that's your jam, okay? Maybe you go from one cheese stick to two cheese sticks with your balanced snack, beautiful. Now, if that isn't really fitting the bill, then there could be another option or two that you go for, and that is amending your protein option. So that might be adding in another source of protein at meals or at snacks. 
So that could be something like a protein supplement. Remember, protein powders are supplementary. They're not, um, please don't uh, replace a meal with a protein powder. However, um, leaning on something like a smoothie or something just like a, you know, pretty much a protein shake on the go with a piece of fruit or, you know, some chocolate, whatever it's going to be, whatever sounds good to you, that's a really great way to bump up total protein amounts by typically 20 to 30 grams of protein per day. And it can be pretty economical. Um, I find for most women, they're pretty open (laughs) to finding a protein powder that tastes good from a flavor perspective and that feels good from a um, protein perspective. And also protein powders are shelf stable. And typically, the re- I do think that one reason that a lot of women might be under eating protein is that it does typically require some amount of prep, especially, you know, you consider animal muscle meat or beans, legumes. Um, it's, it's less of kind of a grab and go option are these proteins. We do have to spend a little bit of time preparing them or have them be prepared for us or, you know, pay a little bit more to have them prepared for us if someone in our household isn't doing that for us. So to reduce that work time or to be more efficient, I do think protein powders or there are honestly some pretty good protein shakes. I think Premier Protein is great. The Quest Protein shakes um, are pretty darn tasty. Both powder protein and those already liquefied ones are very shelf stable. Um, And protein powders, of course, you can get those that are from based in animal products um, like whey or you can you know, get powdered beef or powdered chicken. A lot of different options these days in terms of protein powders. Um, and then protein powders that are coming from rice or beans, uh, lentils, oats, gosh, soy, so many different options. So regardless of what your preference is, most of us, I think it's actually pretty common sense how to increase protein levels. So that's going to be the end of this episode on protein. We covered not only what protein is, but what it does in our body, why it's important. Um, some of the primary reasons why a lot of women tend to undereat protein, a general amount of grams of protein to be aiming for if you do want to bump up protein for the time being or just in general for the long term. It's a very sustainable way to ensure that you are feeling well-fueled You are rested and recovered after your workouts and that you are moving towards your health and wellness and vitality goals. I'm telling you, don't sleep on protein. It's going to feel good. So thank you so, so much for being here. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please take a minute to leave a rating and review. It truly makes a big, big difference for the podcast. So if you would do that, I would be ever so grateful. And yeah, I will see you on next week's episode. Okay, bye. Hey, if you love today's show, I'd love for you to take a minute and give a rating with a review. If you too are ready for more women to make life choices from loving mindfulness, that means we need more women listening to this message so they know it's available to them and they can do it too. And if you're ready yourself, come coach with me where we'll work together and you'll learn how to take this process to the next level in your wellness goals, life desires, and beyond. Go to luciahawley.com, that's L-U-C-I-A-H-A-W-L-E-Y.com to connect.